Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. It's your host, Paul Lawrence Van, host of Wealth Academy Podcast. And remember our mantra, wealth is more than just money. And for all of you who are out there, April is the month that is all about the National Financial Literacy Month. And we have the guest, the advocate, none other than Vince Shore. And Vince is doing some amazing things. So welcome. How are you doing today, my friend? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Fantastic. This is very important for everyone. So we want everyone to pay attention out there on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. So I'm going to go over Vince's bio, as we traditionally do, and you're going to learn even more about him. Now, Vince Shorb is one of the country's leading advocates for promoting financial wellness and a thought leader in teaching and scaling financial education programming. After spending 15 years in financial services working one-on-one with more than 20,000 people, he founded the National Financial Educators Council, which is an organization dedicated to combating the financial illiteracy and he epidemic. Now, and we all know this is an epidemic because we're seeing the the uh, different debt that's out there for people. Now, he is the current CEO of the NFEC, and he's also part of the International Association for Continuing Education and Training, and he's a certified B Corporation. Now, Vince's mission, which is so important, is to create a world where people are informed to make qualified financial decisions confidently take effective financial action that best helps them meet their basic human needs while moving towards fulfilling their personal, family, and global community goals. And without further ado, Vince, welcome. And we have a really great uh, dialogue that's about to take place. So we want everyone to get your notepads out, put your seatbelts on, and let's take off, everyone. Let's take off. So Vince, let's talk about it a little bit. Let's tell us about your personal financial journey and lessons you learned along the way. We can't wait to hear it. Yeah, you know, I started out early. I was always interested in money. I was in the back of the class studying real estate and other things instead of other subjects, which maybe I shouldn't have, but I learned a lot. <laughs> I loved it. That was my passion. And I started investing at a young age. In my teenage years, I bought real estate uh, in my early 20s, had had uh, stock investments, uh, was in different business ventures all the time. Everything was great. I loved it. You know, I felt like I was on the right path. Uh, the thing I remember most about the time is my friends and family asking me questions about money, which I really loved. Oh, yeah. um, and then made some mistakes, right? Uh, got into some debt. That's a girlfriend that was sick, uh, got, was in college, right? So uh -huh. these things added up. So when people came to me with money questions after that, I didn't feel like I was in position to answer because I thought I had it figured out, but I missed the basics, right? The budget, the credit, the income expenses, all that, the basic stuff I missed. Uh, so I got into financial services really as a way to not only improve my own knowledge, uh, but to help others. 
And I love that time. I got to talk with a lot of people, but in addition, it was very stressful because I heard the stories that people were going through. Uh, you think these people are in great shape. They were barely hanging on. Exactly. I was emotionally stressful and I felt like I was putting a Band-Aid on people at that time. Uh, so I founded the National Financial Educators Council. It went by another name in 2006, but we uh, gradually uh, grew into this name and uh, started that in 2006 as a way to work with just strictly youth. We were National Youth Financial Educators Council then exactly. because I didn't want to work with adults. It was stressful. We've grown, <laughs> I've gone past that, right? Sure. Um, and now we serve people all around the globe. And, and our mission, like like you said, Paul, is really to help people make decisions in alignment with their, their long-term goals and help them make, meet their basic needs now, which is so important with, with the times we have going on now. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think what uh, the point you made earlier about you made mistakes, that was the greatest part of it. At the time, it may not have felt like it, but I know that led up to what you're doing now. Yeah, that was really the fuel for the fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that makes a big difference. So why do we make financial decisions that don't align with our long term goals? I think a lot of, of viewers and listeners love to hear what this is all about. Yeah, really, it starts in childhood. I mean, we really need to go back a, a ways, a ways for me at least. Um, and in childhood, uh, we're presented with a lot of different influencers. First, we're all born into different socioeconomic status that has a direct relationship on your hope for the future, your knowledge of finances. Uh, also, we have advertisers spending billions of dollars a year targeting kids with highly sophisticated ads. They're not teaching them to buy, you know, they're not, they're not teaching them to save, they're teaching them to be consumers and buy and make purchases. This is only enhanced by other like influencers. Like they have these kid unboxing videos where these kids will get these toys, show, you know, what they've gotten. And, and in teenage terms, it's called the hauling videos where they yeah. show all their buys and purchases and millions and millions of YouTube views. Um, and so these influencers are impacting our peers. So we're trying to live up to the Joneses. You know, it's not like, you know, the, the, uh, back in the day where you wanted the color TV because somebody on the block had it. Now you see somebody around the globe, you know, in, in Japan have the new iPhone and you want it. Right. Absolutely. Um, so our influencers and, and peers have changed a lot. And this is, so we have all these negative influences. Oftentimes this is compounded with parents because a kid will cry and cry and scream because they want that new dollar tickle me Elmo or whatever. Exactly. And so the parent then buys it for them. They don't realize that's anchoring these negative things. That's true. Then we move into high school years and we're should be getting prepared for our first credit card, paying for college. These moving out. These are all major risk factors. If not conducted, right? No preparation, no financial education. Uh, then you go out on your own, you make a first few mistakes, yes. right? And, and those are painful. And as humans, we move away from pain uh, and toward pleasure. So this is often the root of why we're making certain financial decisions. So I always tell people, hey, reflect back into your childhood years. What do you think kind of influenced you? Um, and why are you making certain behaviors? If you feel you're off course on certain areas, why are you making those decisions? Where did it stem from? And oftentimes when we shine light into a situation, uh, then our brain and we can resolve that internally. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, such great points. And the fact of the matter is a lot of families do not have that money talk with their children. True. Because they're struggling and they're trying to make a way. And the children are only going by what they're seeing, what they're observing. 
and then the action by their parents. I know that because that's what I did. <laughs> My parents put me to work, though, Vince. That's I good. <laughs> that's a good thing. Mine too. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was fortunate in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. We had a community grocery store. So at the age of 10, they, they broke me in at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. And you know, some interesting data out there now going off that, you know, when, when we were growing up, right. Yeah. Um, we worked right. 15 years old. I was out there working job. Right. Um, exactly. Nowadays you have the majority 80 plus percent of 18 year olds aren't working. Yeah, completely different. If you don't develop a work ethic when you're young and Brown University did a great study oh, yeah. points to work ethics, uh, develop habits by age nine. Yes. Uh, so if you don't have that habit, then, you know, your work ethic may not be there. So, um, again, challenges that parents should be aware of and, and really get those kids doing chores and and working to the family grocery store, doing things to contribute to the household. Absolutely. I totally agree. So Vince, when should we teach financial literacy lessons to kids and what should we teach them? Because again, it's a lesson that a lot of them are missing. If you would share that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, early and often. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll dig down in there. But uh, age three, we can really start to teach kids about money. Uh, before that, we got to remember kids are sponges. So if you're showing uh, stress and other things when you're making basic decisions, they're picking that up. But really, at age three is where we can start to teach lessons. And you're not sitting down and explaining what a credit score is or what ROI is. Instead, uh, you're doing things to help them develop habits and behaviors. Going back to what we just chatted about, work ethic, yes. right? Chores gives parents a great framework to serve their kids so they're prepared for financial realities. Getting them in the habit of doing chores starting at age three. Again, yes. they're not going to be cleaning knives. They're going to be putting away toys and, and other basic chores. Mm -hmm. And we'll increase those chores and rigor as they're growing up. Yes. Uh, besides chores and having them value the money that they're working and earning, uh, we're having them contribute to household expenses, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Basic stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, hey, you're paying, you know, at three years old, they may not get these concepts. You know, you're paying for the house, you know, you're paying for the transportation, but it's about habits and getting them in this uh, understanding of this. Again, as we're getting older into the teen years, we're breaking down the entire budget and they're contributing a uh, certain percentage to each of those bills. Uh, also the savings habit for the short term and the long term. The short term is really those things that they want. Uh, so instead of parents paying for those things, sure. you make them higher chores. So they're saving, you know, uh, so they're able to save for the, that bike, that game uh, and, and higher chores to pay for the expenses. But that money's really coming back to you or money that you'd be spending uh, anyway. Absolutely. Um, and uh, of course, saving for that long term. And people always say, hey, college, it's great for a lot of people. Sure. Some people it's not. Maybe the kid wants real estate. I, I wanted real estate, right? That was my yeah. thing. I want real estate, land, that stuff. Yeah. So whatever the kid's interested in, uh, allow them that freedom to kind of look into that future and, and create that vision they want starting now. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, when you have that accountability that if I do this chore, then I'll receive that and I can purchase this. So yeah. being able to define that really helps them out, especially at a younger age. And, and looking at it uh, from the research is saying it's never too early to teach a child financial literacy. Yeah. Very true. I, I definitely agree. Yes. So, uh, of course, Vince, we've gone through the pandemic and it was tough. Yeah. 
And we also have this inflationary uh, cycle right now because the Federal Reserve just increased the interest rate 0.25% here recently, and we have six more coming up in the year. And then we really didn't need this war in in Ukraine. We really did not need it because it just impacts everything and everyone. How can people navigate these life challenges? Uh, What do you recommend uh, for them? Yeah, challenging times. I agree. Um, and, you know, I think the key is preparation, uh, uh, two keys, preparation and also trying to keep a, a, a mental state on looking forward to the future. Um, there's always going to be challenges, right? Um, and we've sure. had some big ones. I know the people that uh, can least afford them, especially with inflation, gas prices, um, uh, they're the people that can, you know, that, that can least afford it, that, that need the most help. That are getting the hardest impacted so that could be really challenging i felt that way when i was younger i kept getting oh, yeah. behind the eight ball trying to come out of college um, as we discussed earlier uh, so i understand um, but i would say hey, try to keep looking forward i know it's hard to replan when things go you know crazy when gas prices yeah. uh, increase so much but you need to relook at your budget mm-hmm. replan uh, and, and re-strategize where you're going to go. Maybe you, you're not going to be on that road to where you want as fast as you were before, but it's important we don't get into a situation where we're, we're bleeding or, or adding debt or, or, or going down, right? So I think during these times, it's, hey, how can we, for those people in challenging situations, how can we maintain the status quo? Obviously, for the upper third of, of people that sure. are investing, there's opportunities, right? Uh, but for the majority uh, that we're, we're, we're just getting by, we need to really tighten the buckle there. And I wish I had the golden egg and say, hey, this is what you do. Exactly. Uh, it really comes down to, hey, we need to work a little harder now, work a little smarter, and, and try to get through uh, these times together. Uh, there's no doubt. And there's so many challenges. And like you said, we have we have ways to navigate it. And yes. the way to navigate it is through financial literacy. That's the way to, to, to navigate it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, it may not be the golden pill, but hey, you're more confident, right? If you know right. what to do, um, and especially like this, when, when things unexpected come, what I saw in financial services, sure. people froze. Yes. Right? They're like deer in headlights. They just froze. They didn't want to do anything because they're too scared to make the wrong decision. Um, right. So exactly what you said there, uh, you know, the more financially literate, the more confident you can make decisions um, and, and the, the less stressed you'll feel when you do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to states, we know a lot of states do not advocate or have programs for financial literacy for our youth. Uh, what is your position on that? And perhaps how can we help turn that around? Yeah, well, I, I first I want to appreciate your efforts for you know promoting this in Maryland, getting that as an elective in Maryland. So thank you for your efforts. Uh, uh, we need more advocates like you. Uh, so uh, appreciate your efforts there. And, and we need this in every state, right? Absolutely. It benefits 100% of students, 100%. When you go to high school and above, most of the classes people are taking benefit only a fraction of people. Yes. So advanced math, I never used it. I never need it, right? Absolutely. Geometry, I don't really care. I built a deck. I cared then, but I just looked it up on YouTube. Exactly. You know, things like Spanish, <laughs> I took two years. You know, no yeah. hablo espanol bien, um, you know, still. But um, you know, advanced chemistry, uh, biology, you know, those are great subjects for scientists, engineers, you know, yes. uh, foreign language teachers. But for they benefit... 5, 10, 20% of students. 
This benefits 100%. Yes, it needs to be taught. I don't get it. Um, but you know, it really comes down to money, time, and, and red tape, right? And 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 through efforts like yours, we're just trying to pierce the veil and in getting this into schools. And you know, the key things that I I I, I believe with financial education schools, it needs to start young, right? Habits yeah, form absolutely. young. It needs to be consistent with enough time, with trained educators that know the difference between teaching personal finance and math. Math is logical. Yeah. One plus one equals two. Personal finance is not logical. Yeah, there's some science and logic to it, but we all have different emotions, relationships, goals, dreams. Uh, so there's we need to understand the, the methodologies to teach a subject like this, to move people to take action, to help deepen their understanding. Uh, and, you know, my vision for school, uh, we've been teaching the same subjects for 100 years. Look back 100 years ago, they're teaching the same subjects uh, with the core. Um, my vision of school is we completely change what we're trying to achieve with students. It should be to graduate you know, independent uh, sure. people that uh, can make decisions that where they have a base level of financial security, right. uh, where they're prepared for the financial realities of life, that are emotionally and physically healthy, um, that are going to be self-sufficient contributing members of society, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully one day, um, but uh, red tape and uh, it's always fun to try to navigate. I, I don't know how you did it, but kudos to you. So uh, thanks for, for your efforts again there. What do they say? That uh, change is a constant. Yeah. <laughs> that is time, everything changes. So when we look at today, we've talked about a few problems earlier, but some of, what are some of the other common problems that people are facing with personal finance today uh, that, that uh, maybe they can kind of start looking at considering putting it in with their money goals, financial plan, et cetera? Yeah, you know, I think the, you know, I, I break people up into a few different areas. One, I, I always look at their short-term needs first, right? Hey, are your short-term needs met? If we have another shutdown, if we have something else, do you have money in your account or or cash or, or food at the house? Can you survive, right? Yes. Um, and I want people there so they can sleep at night. So they're not like, oh, I, what's going to happen if my, I lose my job or this? I want people to feel secure at that first level, right? Have enough money where they can sleep soundly, where they, they know if their car breaks down, they can still get to work and it's not a major stress. Uh, you know, the second level is, hey, you know, once you achieve that, you have some money set aside. Hey, now what, what can we do for that long term? And what do we need to do to get on track? with that plan and then finally once we start on that path and we, we have that plan worked out uh now how can we have some fun and, and integrate more uh those those life uh events that we want to experience ourselves into uh, that plan but um i think for the most people we need to focus on those first two areas um and again i just i want people secure uh so they don't have the worries that most people are facing here especially like you mentioned before inflation gas price all that stuff that's impacting people now. Yeah, and I used to work for mobile oil. So I was in the oil and gas industry for a couple of years in Texas. And I know what they're looking at right now. They're looking at that uh, that share for the, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, for investment side, for shareholders. Yeah. So uh, that that's one of those things that happened. I, I was a financial analyst for them for two years. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's an, you know, hey, if, if we rely here, you know, on, on 
pretty bad countries, right? Oh, yeah. Oil is scary, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and um, yeah, I just think it's, you know, with that where the average person here, it's, it's just, you know, when you go to the pump, especially if you're a family, maybe a two household family, you know, husband yeah. and wife drive different ways, you know, uh -huh. taking kids to and from school, sporting games, all that stuff, it adds up a lot. Yes, absolutely. And right now I want to have a segue here. I want to have people take a look at your site. Again, we stated that uh, April is National Financial Literacy Month, and they want to learn more about you, National Financial Ed Educators Council. They can go to www.financialeducatorscouncil.org. And if they want to reach you directly, they can go to Vince, V-I-N-C-E, at financialeducatorscouncil.org. So I want to make sure no one misses this because we have a full month of financial literacy, and now is the time to make some big decisions to help finish this quarter. We finished the last quarter off. Now we're going into the second quarter. We want to finish that off fast. Absolutely. And finish it off strong. I agree. Yeah. So uh, Vince, who can people turn to for financial guidance if they don't have money to invest? Because investing counts as well, because that's how we grow our money. And hopefully people have that in their uh, money goals. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, for people that don't have money to invest, really, it's, it's you know, with people, let's start with people that have money to invest, right? You have financial advisor, CPA, maybe realtor, maybe other professionals that yeah. you can go to. Or if you just or if you're looking to buy a product, yes. maybe insurance, you have an insurance person you can turn to ask questions. But if you're just trying to make ends meet, yeah. uh, maybe you're trying to pay off debt. Or, or anything else, um, you know, what you're going to run across out there is like, you know, different types of companies selling things. Like if you go to a, a bankruptcy attorney site to learn how to pay off debt, they are going to say, hey, look at bankruptcy. If you go to a debt consolidator, they say, hey, look at debt consolidation. Right. So for independent advice that's solely focused on you, there's financial educators and financial coaches. Yes. That's a big part of what we do as a company. We train and certify financial educators and coaches and communities across the country to provide that guidance. Uh, we do a survey each year, and it's, it's, it's quite scary. Um, uh, but uh, we ask, hey, who do you turn to for trusted financial advice? And we've been doing this for the last four or five years. And uh, between 30 and 34% say, you know, financial professionals. So that kind of aligns with the financially healthy people or, or people in that, uh, uh, that realm. Uh, about 40% say friends, family, co-workers, which could be good advice, could be not so good, just depends on on the, their level of knowledge. Uh, but 25% say nobody. Yes. Um, that's, that's scary. That's, yeah. a, that's a hopeless feeling. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So we want to make those people that, that don't have people to turn to, give them somebody where they can ask those questions, where they feel like, this might be a, a you know a, a silly question, or I shouldn't know this, but it's not. I mean, because yeah, personal finance is pretty basic, but because of, of marketing, what what's being sold out there, it makes it sound very complicated. Uh, yeah. so somebody to simplify it um, and help you prioritize, I think, is key. Identifying where you're at now, right? What's the root cause of that, right? If you're in debt, what's the cause? Was it? Overspending Amazon because we're stressed from COVID. Exactly. Uh, was it inflation kind of messed your up your budget? Uh, what's the root cause? You know, and then working strategically toward just one thing. So I always tell people, hey, just pick that one thing you want to work on this week. Uh -huh. Spend a few hours on it, and then move to the next. Absolutely, absolutely, won't make it difficult for you. However, we need to take some steps. 
and in yes. a positive direction. That freedom is a good thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Good thing. So what does financial literacy mean? I know a lot of people may get a little bit confused about the title. Some people, especially our younger people, may not even have heard of it. If you could please share your insight and wisdom on what financial literacy is. Definitely. So, yeah, the, the official term means like content knowledge. You, you're you literate and you would know what a good credit score is, right? Uh -huh. you, you know what uh, you know, uh, uh, ROI means if you define it. Um, but really, the industry uses it in a broader term. So we look at content knowledge is one thing. Yes. Uh, people's behaviors, right? Hey, what are their behaviors? Their sentiment, meaning their confidence in making decisions. We look at the systems they have in place. Uh, to manage their money properly, what accounts, what, you know, do they have automatic bill pay, uh, things of that nature. Then we also look at uh, their plan, right? Do they have a direction on where they want to go? And together, that's how we look at financial literacy um, as a company. And, and that's what we're trying to do is promote positive outcomes. Yeah. And focusing on those areas is, is what we found to be the best uh, solution. Yes, we want to get people out of the paycheck to paycheck syndrome get off the hamster wheel because it's not going to help. And with the inflation rates going up, it's also going to have an impact on the credit card debts. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people think, Hey, it's, you know, inflation rates going up is, is because of, uh, or, or uh, uh, interest rates going up is because of inflation, but it's something the fed does to, you know, slow down that growth, slow down inflation. Yeah. And what's scary too, if we look at the last few cycles where there was a uh, rate, you know, uh, where they're tightening rates and, and raising them to slow down the economy, that sure. leads sometimes, and if we look at the past many times, uh, to recession, you know, one to four years later. So there might be another challenge as well that we want to prep people for early. Yes. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers yeah. crossed. But I always say, hey, let's prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best. For sure, for sure. Because we know in the 08, 09 time frame, the housing bubble, and yeah. now that market, the housing market is coming back under, under the scope again. And uh, again, we don't know how much gas is going to go up in food as well. So True. there's a lot riding on the line, you know, for people who are in a position where they're struggling now, the struggle is going to be even stronger. It's going to be tougher. I agree. Yes. So Vince, is there a specific knowledge about money that everyone should, should have? Yeah, I, I definitely think, and it, it really changes with our life stages, right? I think people are motivated to learn about money uh, based on what we're looking to do now. So I think first, hey, if we can help people get that plan, that will make sure that they're prepping in time, right? A lot of people get excited about retirement when they're in their late 40s. Exactly. That, that may or may not be the, the right time, right? We yeah. want to move that down a little bit, but you know, hit each stage, you know, early it's college moving down on your own, yes. you know, after, if you go to college or, or maybe start work after it's that first job, you know, Hey, do I contribute to that employee retirement plan? Do I not? You know, so some of these early decisions are important early on. Do I get that credit card? Do I buy that new car? Uh, do I get into to debt because yes. of I want the status? Vince, <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've read about, of course, the increase in the price of vehicles, right? Yeah, I can't. You know, I, I bought it. I always buy used cars. I always buy yeah. like a, a nice model, but older, right? Sure. Uh, so I look, I look like I'm fancy, but I'm really not. Um, and uh, it's actually higher. I bought it three, four years ago. It's actually higher. Sure. Um, I can sell it now more for more. I, more. I never thought of buying Same. a car as an investment. <laughs> Same thing for me. I, I was 
what? I can actually sell it for more than I paid for it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for younger people, that's stickers. This is beyond sticker shock. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I have uh, friends that are new parents or, or parents and, and uh, one, he's uh, 16 now, right? They're yeah. looking at cars, right? When I had my first car, it was 500 bucks, you know, sure. pickup yeah, truck. They don't have those anymore. Not, not anymore. That'll so, cost a good four or five thousand now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's she's really kind of worried. I mean, these are just worries that families have, you know, as they're growing yeah. in age. And, and he's also looking to college, right? And we yeah. see college costs at a higher rate of inflation. So a sixth grader today, yeah. you know, when they get to call when they graduate college, costs if it stays the same over the last uh, twenty years, college yeah. costs will have doubled. Exactly. Scary proposition for families. Absolutely. And I have a daughter who is going to college this fall, Vince. <laughs> Congratulations. Nice. Oh, it's sticker shock when you look at the financial aid package. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But my daughter, uh, she's she's going to be just fine. Yeah. That's great. Fine. I'm sure you I'm sure you uh, have given her some good financial tips along the way, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now my son, the 15 year old, is a little different. His is going to cost even more by the time he graduates high school. True. So, so yeah. I, I have a couple of more uh, chores to take care of for them in regards to college. So Vince, our interview is coming to a close. I have enjoyed it. I've absorbed everything. I know the viewers have too, and those who will listen on the archive. Is there anything else you'd like to share at this time uh, for our viewers and listeners? Yeah, I just want to say, hey, you know, we're always going to have challenging financial circumstances. You know, again, we hope for the best. I wish the best for you and your family. Um, if you do have a family, please teach your kids about money. If you go to our site, there's free resources, the, the chore game and other things that you can use free. There's no cost for those. If you're an adult, hey, just and you're in a position where you're worried or scared, let's just get that plan down. Start working toward a, a, a brighter future and you will get there. And so the final message is a message of hope. And, and together, I, I, I want to we want to help. And shows like what you're doing, things like what you're doing, we can learn from all different types of people. Sure. So I appreciate you, Paul, for putting out great content and great information. Vince, I thank you and I honor you for being our guest because, again, April is National Financial Literacy Month. I'm going to put this screen up just once more. Thank you very much. Vince can help you, www.financialeducatorscouncil.org, or you can reach him by email at vince at financialeducatorscouncil.org. So uh, I want the watch the people who are watching and those who are listening on the archives uh, to get out there and look at his website. You're going to find just a wealth of information there. And if you decide to take that extra step, go on and become a financial coach, a consultant, or a personal finance expert, and it will make a difference in your life and those people who are in your community. Again, our guest today is Vince Shore, and his mission is to create a world where people are informed to make qualified financial decisions and confidently take effective financial action that best helps them meet their basic financial needs while moving towards fulfilling their personal, family, and global community goals. It just does not get any better than that. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate okay. it. All right, well, Vince, thank you so much for being our honored guest today. And I want to say to everyone who is viewing and who will view on the archive, you can go to LinkedIn, you can go to uh, Twitter, 
You can also go to YouTube and Facebook and you'll be able to see this recording on there. And uh, we'll definitely be promoting it even more on the podcast channels as well. Again, thank you all. My name is Paul Lawrence Van. I host Wealth Academy Podcast. And we thank Vince Shore for being the outstanding uh, financial literacy advocate that he is. So have a great day, Vince. And thank you so much. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Wealth Academy Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.